And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. I'm joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Friday and happy birthday, Adinang Radio. <laughs> happy birthday to us. Years. I know, right? Not that much younger than I am. That's a complete lie. I apologize. I'm just trying to do simple math. I'm like, is that a joke? When do I laugh? Is that well, me? I failed miserably, I guess. And, uh, yeah. No, it's 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 and, kind of a slow burner. You got to think about it. And now, yeah, yeah. haha. Uh, and kudos to our producer. I didn't know she was uh, <laughs> from day one. I don't know if she wants me to say that. I'm not quite sure if if she wants me to highlight that very fact, mm. but I did. Yeah. So hey, we'll take the fall True together. OG. <laughs> right? I mean, there's not a yeah. whole lot of OG members, so all credit to the original founding members of Adi Dang Yes, <laughs> don't say the G in OG. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Adam, before we, uh, of course, spiral out of control into our own daily conversations, <laughs> let's, let's jump into our headlines. Let's We're going to try to clarify some of the major ones this morning and this is our first pick of the day busy diplomacy so president yun song yar will visit indonesia and india next week for asean and g20 summits what can we expect in indonesia right so the first leg is in indonesia it starts from september 5th and lasts for seven days uh, first lady kim Gunny will be accompanying him uh, uh, but he won't be joined by an economic delegation, interestingly, this time round, although there will be a kind of a business roundtable mm -hmm. there, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he'll be in Jakarta from uh, Tuesday to Friday for ASEAN events. Uh, Indonesia is the chair of this year's ASEAN meetings. Uh, he'll attend South Korea ASEAN and ASEAN Plus Three summits uh, on Wednesday, followed by the uh, East Asia Summit, or EAS, mm -hmm. on Thursday. He'll meet uh, President Joko Widodo on Friday, so the last day of his trip there. The official visit uh, comes upon the invitation of Indonesia and is expected to produce a series of bilateral agreements. It's basically a bilateral official visit, uh, mm. basically returning the uh, visit that Joko Widodo paid uh, to Korea uh, not so long ago. Now, it coincides, of course, with the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between uh, Korea and Indonesia this year as well, so that uh, the trip is timely in that respect. Uh, now, the leaders of 18 countries are expected to take part in this EAS regional forum, which is basically an opportunity to discuss uh, major security issues in the region uh, and internationally, uh, including, of course, uh, North Korea's nuclear and missile threats. Uh, you will also meet with Koreans living in Indonesia a Tuesday evening, so um, in the early stages of his trip, and attend a Korea ASEAN Youth Festival promoting uh, AI data capabilities. And he'll also attend uh, the Korea-Indonesia Business Roundtable that I mentioned earlier, hosted by the two countries' chambers of commerce. And uh, although there's no official economic delegation with him, the heads of several conglomerates will be at that roundtable as mm. well to discuss, mm. of course, bilateral economic and business relations. All right. As you mentioned, uh, Indonesia is only the first stop. Uh, what is President Yoon's plans in India? Right. Well, next Friday, so basically straight after that uh, summit with Joko Widodo, he'll head to New Delhi for a three-day trip to attend the G20 summit. Uh, now, India serves as this year's uh, G20 president. Uh, Yoon will meet with Koreans living in India after arriving and attend G20 events starting on September 9th. Yoon will also join events including a dinner hosted by the India's Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi after a summit with him. Uh, and also Yoon will lay a wreath and plant a tree at the Gandhi Memorial Park. And he'll also hold one-on-ones with the leaders 
of Spain, Argentina, and Mauritius. Uh, now, interestingly, U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will reportedly attend the G20 summit this year. Attention, of course, will be focused on whether Yun and Xi will be holding a bilateral summit on the sidelines of the event. Many eyes are on that, considering that Yun, of course, has been steering more towards relations with the U.S. and Japan. Um, Korea doesn't really want to be... Uh, steering too far away from relations with China. Mm. So of course, the, Korea always has that kind of neutral and middle man kind of uh, position in terms of diplomatic relations. So we'll have to see if it, uh, a bilateral uh, summit happens. Now, a senior presidential official said that talks on a summit with Beijing and Tokyo before the end of the year are underway, but it is unlikely to happen soon. So it's unlikely that such a meeting will happen on that uh, G20 summit on the sidelines anyway. Now, depending on who Beijing decides to send, mm. the official said a Korea-China summit could be held or pushed to the next multilateral conference. So it's not completely out of the question, but mm. uh, probably unlikely for this one. So Topoff is saying that it will depend on Xi's attendance, whether or not that happens. So we'll have to wait and see. That's coming up. A busy diplomatic calendar for President Yoon come next week. Uh, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Six-day holiday. It's interesting. Uh, a busy, busy week for President Yoon and for us, uh, the prospects of a six-day holiday. So President Yoon right. has declared October 2nd a temporary holiday, creating this six-day break by linking the Chuseok holiday and National Foundation Day. Yeah, so October 2nd is basically a bridge that's been kind of left in an awkward <laughs> position in the smack bang in the middle of two kind of, you know, major national holidays. And of course... Uh, we as people who work know how how a holiday hangover from Chuseok can run for several <laughs> days. So, yes, uh, I think it only makes sense to make this uh, a temporary holiday as well. And President Yoon has done so. And he said the uh, move aims to boost domestic tourism and spending. The uh, current Korean economy does need a bit of a shot in the arm at the moment. Now, the government will also distribute 600,000 hotel discount coupons, as well as wave expressway tolls or highway tolls during the holiday period, which basically runs from September 28th to October 3rd. The government uh, plans to enhance international flights as well, streamline immigration and improve mobile payments to attract foreign tourists also. Uh, he also aims to lower prices of high demand goods by at least 5% on year before Chusak, allocating 67 billion won to stabilize prices. Um, of course, food and uh, basic necessities are uh, becoming more expensive and mm. they become more high uh, in demand before the Chusak holiday, which is basically like the Korean version of Thanksgiving. So a lot of food is involved. Um, so the prices will increase on top of already uh, very high prices. Mm. Uh, now, he also wants to increase the supply of such goods by the largest volume yet. Of course, that will help to stabilize prices, or that's the hope anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, additionally, 80 billion won will be used to promote fisheries consumption as well and address rumors about Japan's uh, Fukushima wastewater discharge. Uh, he actually ate some of the food uh, fishery products uh, himself uh, recently as well to show that it's safe. And he also pledged to support the local fisheries industry in the wake of what he called uh, fake news and false instigation about the wastewater. Uh, meanwhile, discounts of up to 60% will be offered on key fishery products as well. 
seafood purchases will be made uh, cheaper and more convenient online and at traditional markets through mm. the use of uh, coupons as well. So it's not just um, just food in general, but uh, of course, uh, trying to support the fisheries industry, which has taken a bit of a hit amid all that mm. concern uh, from that Fukushima uh, discharge plant. All right, we'll leave it there for now. For some of the lucky office workers who gets to have October 2nd off, I'm very right. much focused on that. I was, I was about to say, <laughs> the for most bat. workers, <laughs> this applies, but for, you know, broadcasters like yourself and my, uh, me, it's, uh, yeah, a bit... Uh, <laughs> We watch in jealousy and uh, envy. Uh, let's put that on its head and say we watch it with a little bit of envy, yes, but no, I don't have a positive end to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Triple minus. So three key indicators of Korea's economic health, namely factory output, retail sales, and facility investments, all experienced declines in the month of July. This is casting a dark cloud over an economic recovery in the second half of this year when we're just getting started. I remember us watching with a hint of hope, saying that mm-hmm. light at the end of the uh, uh, tunnel might be dim, but it was there. But as we yeah. approached midway, we realized the numbers indicated otherwise. Yeah, so there were kind of hopes that maybe from the second half of the year right. or any uh, the latter or the later half, uh, later this year, rather, right. excuse me, uh, we probably would see some light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, yeah, all the data that's been coming in may see a kind of a delayed recovery, unfortunately, that may uh, spill into next year. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see, of course. Now, this simultaneous drop is actually the first since January, this uh, so-called triple minus or triple negative, as it's sometimes called as mm. well. It raises concerns about a potential economic slowdown. Uh, industrial productivity is closely tied to exports, of course, and private spending, uh, making these indicators significant for the overall economic recovery, considering that Korea is a very export dependent country if it doesn't output as much of course it means there's less to exports which of course subsequently impacts the economy now industrial output fell by 0.7 percent in july compared to the previous month marking the third such decline this year retail sales also dropped by just over three percent which is the sharpest fall since uh, july 2020 Uh, Facility investments display the most significant uh, decline in over 11 years, sliding by nearly 9%. Now, the finance ministry attributed these declines to temporary factors and emphasized that they shouldn't be seen as disrupting the course of economic recovery. However, analysts remain cautious, suggesting that the decline in these indicators points to a slower pace of recovery for the rest of the year. So it's kind of an argument between the government and uh, financial experts. But of course, we won't know anything until time goes by. Now, factors such as weaker demand for cars and the economic crisis in China have uh, kind of contributed to these declines, along with a slew of other reasons. Now, the potential for ongoing risks associated with exports and private spending uh, raises uh, kind of concerns about the future trajectory of Korea's economy, of course. Uh, We'll have to see if it is short-lived or if it does have a lasting impact at least for the rest of the year as the experts say all right and with that we move on to our fourth keyword of the day parliament in session so the second and final regular session of the 21st National Assembly under the UN administration will begin today. Of course, what's at stakes is, well, next year's general elections. What can we expect? 
Yeah, so uh, the session will begin at 2 p.m. today, career time, and it will continue for the next 100 days until December 9th. Now, since, as you mentioned, the upcoming general elections are just seven months away now in April next year, this regular session is expected to be marked, of course, by intense political ba battles between the ruling and opposition parties to gain control, more battles if there weren't enough already. Sure. Now, during this uh, session, the government will be questioned about its performance in various areas. This questioning will take place from the 5th uh, to the 8th. Lawmakers from rival parties will deliver speeches on the 18th by the Democratic Party, on the 20th by the People Power Party. A parliamentary audit of the administration will then follow from the 10th to the 30th of next month. Uh, confirmation hearings for the nominee for the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Igun Yong, and the nominee for the Trade Minister, Pang Mun Gyu, are also scheduled to be held during this regular session. Now, the PPP plans to focus on supporting the realisation of Yoon's uh, three major reforms in pensions, labour and education, as well as addressing other national tasks. On the other hand, the opposition parties plan to highlight government failures. Uh, various confrontations, of course, between the rival parties are expected to continue, especially with issues concerning, for example, the Fukushima water discharge, the mm -hmm. World Scout Jamboree debacle, as well as next year's budget. So a lot of room for a lot of argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, wait and see. It's going to be a long session, it seems, and a lot of grounds to cover. We will rely on you for that, Adam. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so hopefully hopefully there will be some deals and bills passed uh, and some mm. uh, fruition coming out of the session. Mm. It is rare, though, but yeah. uh, we'll, of course, have to see. <laughs> and our final keyword of the day. Field training. South Korea has conducted a large-scale army exercise involving hundreds of armored vehicles as part of the Utsu Freedom Shield exercise. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so before this uh, whole Utsu Freedom Shield exercise began, we kind of gave a heads up about uh, how this was going to be the largest-scale field exercise mm -hmm. and uh, expanded uh, UFS uh, after the pandemic. And this is part of that expanded field exercise. It was organized by the 7th Maneuver Corps the, of the Army, and involved around 550 tracked vehicles, including tanks and self-propelled howitzers, uh, along with 3,000 troops. Uh, the drills lasted four days and aims to enhance preparedness against potential military threats from North Korea. During the exercise, various military units participated in activities such as live fire combat training and river crossing exercises, uh, K-2 tanks, K-9 howitzers, uh, traveled over 100 kilometers and troops covered around 110 kilometers as well as part of the maneuvers. Now, unlike other divisions that mainly focus on defending uh, the Korean Peninsula, the 7th uh, Maneuver Corps, primary, uh, Corps' primary mission is to perform offensive actions towards uh, the North as well. So that is significant in itself. North Korea, of course, will not be happy with that. So it certainly goes to show how much of a hardline stance the UN administration is taking because it's deploying uh, offensive troops mm. in this live training. All right. Uh, we'll leave it there for now because we have to let you go at some point. Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you next Monday. Have a brilliant weekend. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.